All right, here's what we're going to do. I, I just thought the music was amazing. I was hoping I'd pull my hamstring on the way up so I'd have to do it again. Um, but instead of clapping for them today, let's do this. I'm going to say good morning, and then you're going to reply good morning, but you're going to reply really super loud good morning as an act of appreciation for all the work the band has done and how amazing it was. So here we go. Good morning. That was awesome. Thank you very much. I, I just thought they, they were just so good. I'm going to try to have a short sermon so we can get back to the music. One of the things I'm, I'm really, really, really excited about in the music this morning is one of, the, one of the women leading, her name is Abby. Abby was standing right here. Abby's been coming here since she's just a really little girl. So it's just, it's just really, really fun for me to see her like, grow up in the church and now lead worship for you all. It's just super fun. So she's going to lead one of the songs after the sermon. Be sure that you really sing with her because it's, it's just going to be awesome. Anyway, um, welcome to RCC at RHS. My name is Mike. I'm one of the pastors. I'm super happy that you're here this morning as we begin a new series called What Would Jesus Say? Now, raise your hands for me if you've ever, um, we have a slide. There's a, there's a phrase or a thing, WWJD. Have you ever heard of that before? Just raise your hand. You won't have to do anything. So pretty much everyone's heard of that, WWJD. It was a really big thing for a while. People had t-shirts and bracelets and stuff with WWJD on it. And what that stands for is, what would Jesus do? And people would wear the bracelet or the t-shirt as a, as a means to, to motivate themselves to be more like Jesus. It was a pure thing, a wonderful thing, and really, really good for lots of people. It wasn't good for me, though, because every time I saw that, I would compare Jesus to me, and it was like, well, I can't do what Jesus does. So it was like a pass not to do anything. Like, Jesus is amazing, and Jesus is perfect, and I kind of stink, so since I can't be Jesus, like, why even try? Because I'm so far away. So it, it didn't really motivate me. It more made me feel bad about myself because I was so far from Jesus. It just wasn't good for me, and I know it was great for a lot of people. It was good for you. That's awesome. You're just probably more mature than me. But I more always thought, what would Jesus say? Because I could actually do that. Like, I maybe can't be Jesus or act like Jesus, but I can listen to Jesus and try to do what he tells me to do. That was always more my goal. So that's why that's the title of this series. And we're going to start today by looking at what would Jesus say about himself. We just celebrated Easter, the biggest event of the year for a Christian person. It's all about Jesus. So now that we've celebrated Jesus last weekend, what would Jesus say about himself? And it's interesting because I think... You can define yourself better than anyone else can define you. You can explain yourself better than anyone else can explain you. Uh, for example, um, I, I tried to figure out what someone else might say about me, and so I went to Gmail, and this is what Gmail says I look like. Um, it's surprisingly accurate, I know. <laughs> but, like, that's not, like, the best picture of me, right? Like, I... It, like, it could be more detailed. So I asked Kathy. Kathy's the one who does all of our media stuff. I asked her in the office this week, try, try to make it look more like me, Kath. Make it look realistic. And that's what... <laughs> so, you know, we're getting there. So we got, we got Gmail. We got Kathy's help. But better off, I, I'd rather just describe myself, right? Like, I can tell you who I am better than Gmail can or even Kathy can, even though we've worked together for so long. I'd rather describe myself. I bet you'd rather describe yourself. If it's really, really important, you'd rather just tell people who you are then leave it to someone else to kind of guess and explain. I think you'd rather describe yourself. Together, we want to know who the real Jesus is. Why not let him describe himself? Won't we get the most accurate picture from Jesus himself? But we have to be careful because as we think about what would Jesus say, we, we tend to make him more like us than we should. 
no matter what group you're in, you, you kind of want Jesus to be a bit like you. Like uh, Italian people want to claim he's kind of Italian. They say he talked with his hands or used olive oil or had wine with every meal, so he must have been a bit Italian. Uh, Irish people would say, uh, is that the same flag? Do we have two flags? That's, that's one. So, <laughs> I, I think, I think, it is changing. Is anyone here Irish? You all botched that one, didn't you? Like, uh, were there a bunch of Irish guys sitting around in a pub one day? And they're like, aye, those Italians got it right. Let's just copy their flag. Give me another, right? And so that, that's, wow, y'all could have done better like a thousand years ago. All right, so you got Italian people. Irish think he's like him because he's, he never got married. He was always telling stories. He liked green pastures. Some Californians think Jesus was Californian. They would say he never cut his hair. He walked around with bare feet. He started his own religion. He must have been Californian. Um, there are arguments that he was Jewish, right? He went into his father's business. Lived at home until he was 33. He was sure his mother was a virgin. His mother was sure he was God. People would say maybe he was Jewish. Is this, is this too raw for you guys? Like, you're like, oh no, what's he going to say next? So, well, here we go. Some women think, hey, maybe he was a woman. Here's why. He fed a crowd at a moment's notice with no food. He kept trying to get his message across to a bunch of men who just didn't get it. And even when he was dead, he had to get up because there was more work to be done. There we go. Now you're loosening up. It's church. Come on, loosen up. So we tend to think Jesus is more like us. We just want to like, cast ourselves onto him. Who do you think Jesus is? As you sit here this morning, you, you, you have an opinion. I have an opinion. There's lots of opinions. Maybe your opinion would match up with one of the opinions that I'll show you in this video. So I, I think it was Ricky Bobby, I think it is. Like, he likes tiny infant baby Jesus at Christmas. Right? It, it's so true, though. We have, we have images of, of who we think Jesus is or who we want him to be. And that's kind of where we keep him. And the one dude said, not the blonde-haired dude in the pictures. That's definitely true. Right? Like, uh, so many of the, the famous paintings in that of Jesus are m- produced in Europe like a thousand years ago. And they made Jesus look kind of European because they thought he would look like them. We all have our opinions and all, but the worst one was the last one where the guy was just offended. that he, Like, I'm not going to talk about that. Why wouldn't you? Why is that something that would upset people? Of course, anyone can talk about who Jesus is. The whole world can talk about it. It's okay to talk about it. It's safe to talk about it. The no answer is the only really, really bad answer. I don't want to talk. That's horrible. But the best answer is, what would Jesus say about himself? That's what we're going to be studying today. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but in most Bibles, when Jesus speaks and it's recorded, it's printed in red in the Bible. So it's real easy when you look in, you can see the red letters and know that those are words of Jesus. If you don't have a Bible at home that's an easy-to-read translation, go ahead and take one. They're free. They're in the hallway just by the Welcome Center. You can grab one after the service. It's a gift from RCC. You should have a good Bible at your house so that you can read it for yourself. But here's something important, though, about Bibles maybe you don't know. They're all basically the same. People always think there's all these different Bibles and stuff. That's not really true. There's an original set of manuscripts... And then people translate those manuscripts. But they all start from from the same core of information, the same original text. So those translations could be a little different, but they all tell the exact same story. So I I could say, there's a whole bunch of us in this giant room, or I could say, you and I are in an auditorium. 
Two different ways to say the same thing. That's what you see in different Bible translations. Just a, a bit of a different explanation of the same original text. So all Bibles are the same. It doesn't matter if you're in a Baptist church, or Lutheran church, Methodist church, whatever, all the same. Catholic is a tiny bit different. At a Catholic church, they would have all the same stuff that's in the Bible that we have here, plus a little more. They have five more books. So everything in the Bible that you could take today or that you have at home is in every church, including the Catholic church. They just have a little bit extra. They got more to study, I guess. So all Bibles are the same. You need to know that. There's just different translations of the original text. So go ahead and take one. But what does Jesus say about himself in this Bible? He's asked. Here it is. In Mark 14, it says, The high priest asked him, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the blessed God? Jesus said, I am. Jesus says, I am the Son of God. That's what he claims. And that's either true or it's not. Jesus is either honest or he's a liar. So many people walking around would say he was a great man or a really good teacher. Can't be. He's either the Son of God or he's not. If he's the Son of God, then great. He's also a great teacher. But if he's not, well, great teachers don't walk around lying all the time. So that, that's not a, a really good answer. And all of the apostles, the, the men who were closest to him, believed in him so much that he actually was who he claimed to be, they all died like horrible, torturous deaths. They would have known better than anyone. Jesus is walking around saying, I'm the Son of God. If the whole thing is a lie and they're seeing it all firsthand, when it comes to them, hey, either you know, say who he is or be killed, they're like, well, he's the Son of God. I guess you've got to torture me to death. That's how sure they were. They were firsthand witnesses. So not only did Jesus' comments get all of them killed because they believed him, he got himself killed. Because right after that, right after he says, I am, this is how the text continues. After he says that, then the high priest tears his clothes to show his horror and said, why do we need other witnesses? You've all heard his blasphemy. What's your verdict? And they all condemned him to death. So for Jesus saying, I'm the son of God, straight to the top of the most wanted list, straight to death. But Jesus is so firm on this. Instead of like backing down and cowering like, oh no, you might kill me. Look at what else he says about himself in John 12. This is what he says about himself. When you see me, you are seeing the one who sent me. Wow. And then he says, I've come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the darkness. Do you agree with that? I mean, he he made the statement, and you and I, we get to sit back now and decide, well, I either agree with this or I don't. We all have that right. Is that what you think Jesus came to do? Again, there's lots of opinions. Let's take a look at a few and see if you agree. What did he say? What did he do? What made him so special? What made him different than any other man in history? The records show. He made the blind see. The deaf hear. The mute speak. The paralyzed walk. He healed terrible diseases. He spoke with authority. He amazed teachers. He amazed everyone. Nature obeyed him. He turned water into wine. He walked on water. He walked on top of the water. He could change the weather. He fed 5,000 people from one lunchbox. He brought people who were dead back to life. He loved sinners. He loved everyone. 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 He died 
for us. He died so that we wouldn't have to. He paid for our sins with his life. He came back to life. He was dead. Then he was alive. A lot of people saw him. Did I mention he loves us? I love the part where they said everyone, everyone, everyone. Here we use the word everybody, and I'll come back to that in just a little bit. It was great that they talked about things he did. Those were things Jesus did. There was lots of witnesses while he was on earth. But sometimes I think we can get more caught up in like the things he did because there were these amazing things, these miracles, but we forget to wonder why. It's really neat. He fed all these people or he healed somebody, walked on water, all, all really great things. But why? For what purpose did he do it? Was, it? was it to put on a show? Was it to impress people? Why did he do it? And he says himself in, in John 6, I've come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me. So that's number one. Why? Because it's God's will. That's Jesus' task, to do God's will on earth. And then he says, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. I have come, so there it is again, he's telling us why, I have come to call sinners, not those who already think they're good enough. And then he says in Matthew 20, for even I, the Son of Man, came here not to be served, but to serve others and to give my life as a ransom for many. He's explaining what he's done. All these things we celebrate about Jesus, he's explaining it through these verses. I've come here to sacrifice for you, says Jesus. I've come here because it's God's will. In John 10, he says, my purpose, so there it is. What's your purpose, Jesus? My purpose is to give life in all its fullness. If you were to go to Jesus right now, if you were to walk out in the room and you were to get to ask him a question, you say, Jesus, why did you come to earth? He would say, my purpose is to give life in all of its fullness. It's been recorded for us. The miracles, the teaching, all of it, that's why. He wants to give you life because it is God's will. That's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus still lives today. And I would like a full life, right? He wants to give me life in all its fullness. Yay, I'm up for that. I want that. I, th- I think you all want that, right? You want a full life, a life of meaning, and a life of purpose, a life with joy. You want that. So why is this all so important for us then? Why, 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 why does it matter then, what Jesus says here? Or, or does it matter to you? Let's go back to the video for a second. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. I thought a lot about it. I go back and forth. Doesn't matter. That's the question. That's the question. So that is the question. I mean, Jesus' life on earth is recorded for us just like all the other key figures throughout history. Lots of witnesses, lots of people recording it. We have a pretty good idea of what he said and did while he was on earth. But does, does it matter any more than any other great person from history? That's the question. Does it matter? Jesus would claim so in Scripture. He says, For it's my Father's will. So again, we're back to God's will. For it's my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life. 
that I should raise them on the last day. So this is Jesus speaking of God's will. He says, I assure you, anyone who believes in me already has eternal life. Right back to God's will again. He says God's will for himself is to come share with us and to sacrifice for us, to be a ransom for us. This is God's will for him, and God's will for us is to follow him. See, the Bible's really thick, and the print is really tiny, and there's lots and lots of words, but it's not that complicated. There's lots of good details that help us understand this better, but it's very clear that God's will was for Jesus to come to earth. It's very clear that God's will is for us to follow Jesus. And the more you read of the Bible, the more you understand that. God wants you to know him now. God wants you to know him in eternity. John 14, 6 says, and this is Jesus speaking again, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. But he's expecting a response from you. Are you ready to respond? He makes these claims. Are you ready to respond? And if so, how? Take a look at the last video. Jesus? That's a big question. That's the big question. What does it even matter? What does it matter to you? Who is Jesus? My answer doesn't matter to you. Only your answer matters to you. Who do you say that he is? Who do you say that he is? The only thing that really matters to you is your own answer, right? Apostles make claims in Scripture. I make claims. Your friends make claims. But the big question is, what do you say? Because between you and God, that's all that really matters. For you, is Jesus special? Maybe even one in a million? Or is he the only one? Is he the only one? China has a population of about a billion people. So if you're a one in a million kind of a guy in China, that means there's 10,000 other guys exactly like you. That's, that's a math problem. One in a million in China is like there's 10,000 others just like you. One in a million is not that special. Jesus doesn't want to be your one in a million. He didn't say he was special. He said he's the one and only, God's only son. And he says... He's worth following. But is he your pick to follow? If we got to talk together in the hallway, you might have noticed my eyes are a little glassy this morning. Does the NFL draft this weekend? I don't know why. I just love the NFL draft. Is, any, is anyone else into the NFL draft? We can, we can chat about it afterwards. Like four of you. All right, well, we'll all fit at a table together. Well, okay, so y'all don't know. i got to explain it. So I'm really into the draft, and the NFL draft is when NFL teams pick college players to be on their team for the next year. And I get really, really excited about it because there's so much potential, and all these guys I think are going to be great when the Packers get them, although they pick guys they don't want sometimes. Anyway, um, 14 hours of television this weekend of the draft. 14 hours. A little glassy-eyed. And the whole thing is really... 
guys sitting at a, at a countertop, and they're talking about the draft picks. So like, someone will come up, like, this is John, and he's really good because, or he's not so good because. And they, they talk all about him. There's these analysts. You can watch it all day long on TV. You can read about it in the papers and the magazines. And I get super into it, all these analysts. It matters for a little bit until the player actually gets to say something about himself. Right? They, they draft him, and then he speaks. And he says, I'm going to work really hard, or you know, whatever he says. That matters more than what every analyst thinks about him. They don't really know anything. But what really matters is once you have the player, they either prove it or they don't. They either prove the analyst to be right, they prove themselves to be right, because they're, they're professional athletes. They're all very confident. But they've got to prove it. They've got to prove it. And there's all these witnesses, right? We pack the stadiums and we decide, oh, that's a great player. Look at how many touchdown passes he threw or, you know, whatever it might be. They're great. They prove it out on the field. Jesus came and proved it. There's lots and lots of witnesses. It's been recorded for us. You don't need any other analysts. You can decide for yourself. This is who he claims to be. And then Jesus says, I left my game on the field. Now you have to choose. Now, if you're a Christian person here this morning, you've been a Christian for a week or 20 years or whatever it might be, you might have been thinking this whole time, this is, a, this is a great talk, but it's really not for me. He's trying to explain who Jesus is. I know who Jesus is. I've been following him for a while. Aha, come on back. Hopefully you weren't too daydreaming because this next thing is for you. If you're a Christian person claiming faith in Jesus, that's great, so am I, but are you ready for him to return tomorrow? Because that's the next thing he says. Luke 12, 40. You must be ready all the time. For the Son of Man will come when least expected. Are you ready for him to show up today? Like, when someone's coming to your house, what do you, do you generally run around and clean the house, right? Like, um, Janet's little sister and brother-in-law and their little girl are coming up to our house this afternoon from, from Waukesha, and it's pretty normal. We're running around, like, cleaning up the dog hair and, you know, cleaning up the house for them. You clean up house before someone comes over. Do you have some house cleaning to do, Christian people? You claim to be a follower in Jesus, but if he showed up today, there's a few things you want to straighten up first, right? Now's the time, because it might be today. There might not be tomorrow. It's the time to straighten some stuff up. I, I don't know. I got my own messes. You got yours. Your own little house projects that are half done, Right? What are your life projects that are half done? Or, or what about this? Like, uh, Janet's little sister is a yoga instructor. She's really good. Uh, she does all this big stuff in Milwaukee. And um, like, she could, she could like go on a, on a paddle board and, and like stand on one hand and do the whole alphabet with her body somehow. Like, it's amazing. Like, like this crazy stuff, right? She can do anything. It's, it's amazing. Well, I'm a little nervous she's going to ask us to do some stuff today. Because usually that kind of becomes part of the conversation. And, and my yoga ability is limited to, um, like, the child's pose. It's, I got, like, that one. If you know yoga, that's, like, you pre pretty much just kneel on the floor. I got that. I got child's pose down. Um, yoga pants haven't helped. I, it just... <laughs> but if she's going to want to do some yoga today, I got to at least, like, do some stretching or something first, right? Someone asks you to work out, you got to get ready. If you haven't worked out in a while... Maybe you need to start working out your faith, Christian people. 
you need to start working it out. Jesus could be back tomorrow, he says. You got to be ready. There's some things maybe you could be doing differently. Now's the time. Now's the time. You need to consider what would Jesus say about everything. Every action in your life, what would Jesus say? And then you got to act on it. Either, hey, I'm going to obey, I'm going to do what you say, Jesus, or, yeah, I don't want to. You, you do have that right. You can do that. But make an informed decision. Jesus says in John 8, I'm the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't be stumbling through the darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. I, I, I love that part where it says, if, if you, and then you will. It's like an if-then. If you do this, then this is going to happen. If you follow, then you will have life, says Jesus. So I want to give you that opportunity today. I know lots of you have already told Jesus that you want to follow, and that's awesome. But we're just going to take a moment now for anyone who wants to pray along and just say, yes, Jesus, I do believe you. When you say you're God's son and you're worth following and I can follow you all the way to heaven, I believe that. You could tell him that today. And you would be accepted by God today, today, and forever into eternity. So I'm going to lead that prayer. If you'd like to pray with me, you can bow your heads and pray. And, and if you've already prayed that prayer before, you could bow your heads right now and you could pray that anyone who's feeling moved by God, they would, they would actually take that step of faith today. That's what you'll be praying silently for. So go ahead and everyone bow your heads. And for those who want to pray with me, here we go. Dear Jesus, thank you for being so clear about who you are. Thank you for claiming to be God's son. Thank you for proving that you're God's son. Jesus, I do want to follow you. Thank you for forgiving me and accepting me. In your name I pray, amen.